Our guest loved teaching and taught in public schools for 15 years, but she quit when the curriculum became less about education and more about forcing the toxic ideas of critical race theory on her vulnerable students. Her story is coming up next. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, we introduce you to special guests who share their personal stories and advice on how to build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their home, community, and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Corlaitis, your host, and this is the Moms for America podcast, a show inspiring, encouraging, and educating moms in their journey through motherhood. We want to invite you to like and subscribe to our podcast, and we also ask that you share this podcast with your mama friends. Uh, I'd like to welcome everyone that's here for the first time, and also thank you uh, for those that have come back and visited again. We're so glad to have you here every week on the Moms for America podcast. Also, if you have an idea or a topic or a question, would you please email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net? Again, that's podcast at momsforamerica.net. I would love to hear from you. I also do want to invite all of our moms that are listening to please join our movement here at Moms for America. It's moms like us all across the country, uniting together, arm in arm, hand in hand to fight for faith, family, freedom, and the constitution. So again, please go and check out momsforamerica.us. That is our website with all of our great resources and information about our organization. Alrighty. So on to today's program. Kali Fontania is my guest today. Kali taught middle school and high school for 15 years in California. Yes, California. But even though she loved teaching, she quit her job largely due to the changes she saw in curriculum, mostly related to critical race theory. You've heard a lot about this lately in the press, a lot about it in your community. We've been talking about it for quite a while now, critical race theory. When Kali spoke up, she was called anti-people of color, even though she is a mixed race herself. Her faith and her conscience could not allow her to keep teaching in the public school arena. So yes, she left and she started her own online teaching academy called the Exodus, Exodus Institute. Again, it's the Exodus Institute. Well, welcome, Kali, to the Moms for America podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be here. All right. So I want to get to know a little bit about you and your family before we get into the business of everything that you're doing and the message that you have, which is so, so powerful. But um, what is your tribe like over there? Well, I am a, well, I was a foster mom in California. My husband and I, we always had a dream of adopting children. I actually took care of my God kids. Uh, my friend has seven kids and she ha at times would have a hard time with them and we would take, take them for the full summertime. I would take them sometimes, uh, especially the girl that was, she mom and girl did not get along very well. So I'd take mm. her for a couple months, three months, four months, sometimes five months. Wow. And so for about 10 years, we were really heavily involved with helping to raise our God kids. And now they're grown, they're grown up. And so my husband and I decided to get our foster license and we were just about to start fostering in California when uh, the pandemic hit. And we decided, you know, maybe we'll put this to a pause right now because of everything that was happening with foster children. And you don't really have much many rights as a foster parent right. and all of the requirements of kids having to wear masks and 
having to give them shots that I don't agree with or having to, you know, pull them from school and take keep them at home. And then on top of that, th when we did get calls for a foster child, it was a girl that was questioning her gender and she was 10 years old and she was questioning her gender. Aww, and I, they asked me if I was going to foster, I mean, if I was going to encourage and support and affirm, her, right. and affirm her transition, I said, no, I said, she's 10 years old. And the thing about foster children and is especially in our, in America is that most of them come from abusive homes. Well, right. all of them do. And they actually have a higher rate of being trans and questioning their gender. Now, because does that mean, right. yeah, exactly. Is that, that situation shows, is so tough, right? Exactly. And that just shows that there is, it's not just children that feel like they're in the wrong body, but a lot of them are suffering from abuse and it's sure. translating to hating their own body and right. questioning their gender. So wow. I told them, no, I said, she's 10 years old. I'm not going to encourage that. I'm a Christian. I don't, um, I believe, I, I think that's going to put her down a path of self-destruction and we didn't receive any calls after that. But it, now huh? I realize that now that my God kids are grown up, we didn't, the foster child thing didn't work out. We weren't able to, my lifelong dream of doing that. But now I realize it's so that I can travel the country and not have children at home so that I can fight for America's kids. And not everyone right. can do that, especially right. moms. Moms are, their tension is divided. They have their children and then they have their causes. And I think any mom that's doing both is a hero. But of course, it's divided attention. But I can give all of my attention to fighting for nation, our nation's children, which are in. We're in a we're yeah. in an emergency. Nine. We are in an emergency. Yes. yes. Wow. Well, what a beautiful background. So I, I just love hearing that story because, you know, when we have um, people in our family that need help, that's where we really need to rise up. Yes. Definitely uh, yes. intervene and help. So thank you for that and all that you're doing. And really, I kind of call you as a mama that is fighting for the children all across the country here because you are unraveling and um, sharing a story that moms need to know about because this and I, and you know what people who are teachers they are mamas to those to all those students yes. too we so are. in some ways it's like wow you embrace them with your whole heart every day um, when you're teaching and I know that's what you had a beautiful passion for so let's let's kind of get into that a little bit Kali and talk about the fact that you really felt called to being a teacher that was your passion that was your calling that is what you wanted to do in life you wanted to help children in a special way absolutely I I've been teaching for 15 years mm -hmm. I started my first job was in Compton California I ran an after-school program and the kids there, it was actually in the projects, the school, wow. and we would have to do lockdowns whenever the police would come to arrest someone in the project neighborhood, our school would have to lock down. I would meet parents that came in their pajamas, addicted to drugs, but wow. these kids were so beautiful and they were so resilient and intelligent. And even when I was... I would say I am right leaning now, but even when I was left leaning, I've always been against lowering standards for minority children. And I'm seeing that that is happening collectively because of all of this critical race theory, hyper race focused, racist garbage that's being pushed on our nation's children right. and teachers. They are starting to lower the standards for black and brown kids. And that is so criminal to me because they absolutely can meet the standards. And it's just something else is going on besides their race that's causing them to not be able to be as successful. And yeah, I started in Compton and then I taught in Salinas, California, which is considered the gang capital of America, of the, of California. Wow. 
But again, those kids are so amazing and resilient and they want to be successful. Sure. And I'm seeing pushback on teaching children that you could, if you work hard and you are uh, apply yourself and you dream big, you can do what you want in America. So I'm say that again. Lot. So you're getting pushback. Yes. When you instill values of yes. hope yes. and success into exactly. the children. And I know this exactly. is always so shocking when you hear this, but now did, was that your choice to go into communities um that are challenged is that is, is that absolutely okay. i've always i've always well for one i was raised very low income poverty my mom was a housekeeper and my dad left us when we when she was pregnant with me and wow. we, we really had a tough upbringing but i do believe that education is a bridge out of poverty Mm-hmm. I think there's other ways now. In fact, I'm kind of, oh, it's funny because I was for 15 years was encouraging kids to go to college. And now I'm kind of like, right. <laughs> I hate there's trades, that, there's certifications. There's, exactly, yeah. I mean, there's so exactly, many options you know, now, right? I feel like now it's better to just go into a trade and skip mm-hmm. all of these crazy woke campuses <laughs> now that we have with college. But I do believe that there is a path out of poverty through education, whether it be through sure. trade school or just having a just having a good goal and focus in life, which is what I had. And mm-hmm. that was always my goal is, is to um, really catch kids while they're still young and right. moldable. <laughs> and I well, think that's- And to, and to your point, when you're saying this, it's it's um, destructive then when we take the educational system and we make it so it's not successful, that it is not the bridge, that it is not a way to uh, further yourself. So it's really like, wow, why would anyone- want to destroy the educational system because it really is a chance for um, all of us, whether you're black, brown, white, doesn't matter for us to be successful. So let's talk a little bit about the subjects that you were teaching to what ages kind of set us up to what, where the situation happened, which actually, um, like we mentioned in the, in the open, you actually left teaching um, because of these situations that we're having, but let us know what was the culture like? Where were you at? What were you teaching? How old were the kids? Sure. So I uh, was teaching high school. We had, I've always taught middle school. I switched to high school because we had a brand new high school open in my district and I was excited to launch a school. And I'm actually really glad I did that because I can imagine teaching middle school would be more challenging in California. We locked down for 14 months. I mean, Mm -hmm. our schools were shut for a long time. And it was a blessing that I was teaching high school instead of middle school. I teach the English language learners and the kids that are behind in reading. I've always done the classes that other teachers don't necessarily like to do, <laughs> the harder students. And I I noticed, so my ninth graders, they California did something where they they told there was legislation that was that was signed by Gavin Newsom that ethnic studies is going to be a required class to graduate. Ethnic studies. Yes. And my district decided to go ahead of the legislation and require it for their ninth grade students just already, even though it's not necessarily, even though it's been legislated, it's not required yet. There's still some time to implement it. My district was like, nope, we're going to do it now. And so our, my ninth grade students were in this class. Now I teach the English learners and the low readers. So I check, we we, during homeroom, we would do tr- grade checks because I want to see how they're doing in their other classes because mm-hmm. the skills that I'm teaching my students is, is very much translatable to other classes. I noticed that my students, the majority of them were failing this ethnic studies course. I would say about 60% of them were okay. failing this course. 
And I would ask them, why are you guys all failing right. ethnic studies? And I had some of the boys tell me that they thought the class was stupid. And I didn't, I didn't really take that seriously because they think a lot of classes are stupid. Right. But I decided to because delve I into this a little bit because yeah. now you're seeing a red flag. You're like, why yes. would this not, why wouldn't this be an easy class? That would exactly. be my point, right? Exactly. So I, I, we share the same platform, the teachers and I, um, okay. because we're all teaching online. We're all loading our lessons on the same platform. Mm -hmm. So I went and looked at the ethnic studies lessons and I was shocked by what I saw. And I will say that the class is stupid and it's brainwashing our kids and it's hyper race focused. And I, I, I it does not belong in our schools. My, what did you, what did you find? So now yeah. you go in there and you, what are the messages? What are you seeing? And I could see now, obviously the kids were not uh, buying into this. So no. this is going to be interesting because it was really a tip off from your kids. This wasn't a teacher explaining it. Exactly. This was children saying something isn't right here. We believe that we, this is the land of opportunity and no yeah. one, right? Especially English learners. I okay. taught most majority of my students were immigrant students from Mexico. They came here, their parents sacrificed to come here because of all the opportunity in the U.S. And here they're being told that the U.S. is systemically racist, that it's out to get them, that it's been set up to only uh, benefit the white man and mm. oppress the minorities. And that's exactly what this class was teaching. So for example, on day five, the kids were given a privilege quiz, 15, qu 14 questions to rank their privilege amongst classmates. And at the end, they were asked, how does it feel to be on the top? How does it feel to be on the bottom? And these mm -hmm. questions were so carefully chosen. They were things like, do you have a teacher that looks like you? When did we ever care about that? And when I was growing up as a kid, my, the, my favorite teacher was a gay white male <laughs> in high, yeah, high school. I, I remember my favorite teacher. She was, I swear she was like a hundred years old. I didn't know he was just great at teaching. He didn't right. force his gender identity on us. You know, right. it was just a normal, he was an excellent teacher. Right. I learned so much from him. Right. Did it matter? So we start, yeah, like we me? start. We start asking yeah. kids to start looking for breakdowns, something that's exactly. not relatable, something start splitting and we start dividing. So you could see this. This was very clear to you. And now do you go and talk to the kids about this? How do you find out a little bit more about all this? Well, I dig, dug, I looked through the whole curriculum and at okay. the same time I'm hearing on the mainstream news because we're hearing buzz about critical race theory. Right. And I don't know how it got tipped off to the nation that there's this stuff going on in our schools. I think part of it was the lockdowns and parents were seeing these crazy lessons. Right. And I'm hearing the news, the mainstream news, and including the NEA, the National Education Association, the American Federation of Teachers say, deny it and say that critical race theory is not in our nation's schools, mm -hmm. in our K-12 schools. And then I'm looking at these lessons that are being delivered to the students slides that say critical race theory given to the kids the slides say, even yes. say it so they're right they're they're not bashful at all when it comes to this they are just so bold yes absolutely absolutely and they truly think they're i believe these teachers have good intentions because they've been a, they have been radicalized by their education mm -hmm. the problem is we have a new generation of teachers coming into our nation's schools if you follow libs of tiktok or any of these like sites that expose what's right. going on in our schools, you'll notice that ev all the real crazy teachers are under 40. They're right. all younger looking. The ones that are like, I'm non-binary. I'm, I just posted right. a video on my Instagram today where the teacher was like, I am super queer. And she's encouraging. And she got mad because she was telling her boys in her class that she wanted to be a they, them. 
and she's non-binary. She wants to be addressed as a, she's a middle school teacher. She wants to be addressed as a they, them, and she's non-binary. And the boys are like, well, can you just say that I'm a girl? And then she calls them a bully and that they're, that they're transphobic. And I'm like, these boys are just being middle school boys. You're asking them to call you, they, them, non-binary. Of course, they're going to be like, well, who is this? Right. Freak teaching our t- it doesn't I mean, make any sense it, to their brain either. Exactly. They're so not bullies. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Of course. So now you're you're seeing all this happening. You're hearing about critical race. You're seeing it in the school. Um, what do you kind of do you go to the kids and talk to about this? Now, do you have to adopt this in your class? So I was being given home homeroom lessons that were supportive of Black Lives Matter. Okay. Uh, that really glorified the Black Lives Matter movement. And I had tenure and a good reputation in my district. So I just didn't teach them. And I've been doing that for mm. my whole career. I would see, you see stuff in this in the curriculum because it's everywhere now. You'll see stuff in the curriculum that, for example, I always taught kids that had parents that grew that um, worked in the fields. They were field workers. Okay. And there was often lessons given to me where it talks about how oppressed these field workers are. When you meet these parents and they're incredibly proud of their work, they're proud mm-hmm. of their children, and now we're just telling their kids that they are oppressed field workers. Right. I, I just don't. It, I, it wasn't setting right with you. Yeah, it's not my. It's not right. my place to say that their parents are oppressed because they're working in the fields. Now, mm-hmm. do I think that there is some exploitation of our field workers in America? Yes, but does that mean that it's their parents? I don't know. Some right. of them are supervisors. Some of them, you know, and again, are maybe more... their parents should be discussing this with them. Exactly, exactly. And, and their opinion. heritage and yes. their career and what that is, not the school yes. deciding. So, and they wanted kids to feel shame for right. their parents for their for their skin color because they are now considered oppressed in America. And it's you pushing a victim mindset on a child is so toxic. You meet adults that have victim mindsets and they're the most obnoxious, annoying people in the world because they're always blaming everyone else for all of their problems. They're like hung up on something that happened to them 10 years ago. And that's why they can't move forward in life. Well, now they're putting it institutionally on our children that they are victims. And then on the other side hand, they're telling that to white kids that they're that they are the oppressor and that the whole society was built to benefit them. When a lot of these kids come from, especially in my area and what I was where mm-hmm. I was teaching, some of them had harder lives than the kids that were minorities at the school. Mm-hmm. So it's well, they just, might even be biracial. So now you're asking them to check, uh, to choose between which parent. Exactly. The oppressor, exactly. Or the oppressor. And you know, yeah. you're right about the victim mentality because that just completely debilitates. Absolutely. You cannot go forward when you're a no. victim. Nope. And, you know, so we, we know the game is out there. We just, I guess now we're all noticing how destructive it is mm-hmm. because like you said, this is becoming, it's brainwashing, yes. it's indoctrination, it's taking over really the child's thinking process. Why do you think that there is such an obsession in the public school system to be teaching about race and about gender? I mean, it seems to, like you said, it's, 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 um, it's systemic through the public education system. I think it's why destabilize and destroy America. So in America, we socialism and communism, you kind of have to collapse a society to bring in those systems. You do. And we it's really hard to divide America by class because we have so many self-made millionaires. Our country 
capitalism, America has produced right. the most self The American dream. The American in dream. History. Yes. In history. Think about so, that, where you can yes. actually come and be whatever you want to be. You can strive. You know, you land so of opportunity. Is, exactly. It is a land of opportunity. And I feel like all of these people that are angry at it are the ones that don't take advantage of it because they're morons. <laughs> you are so funny. You are so funny. I love, I love how real you are. Yeah. It's just, there's no time. There's no more sugarcoating. Any there's of this not, stuff. there is not. So um, what, why do you think, doing, so you yeah. think they're just trying to rebuild, break down, rebuild, because they're also teaching anti-Americanism to our schools Absolutely. too. Absolutely. And that's the whole point of critical race theory. So if you look at the founding theorists, like Kimberly Crenshaw, who was really into intersectionality and like counting your oppressions, which is another lesson that the students got. So they got a lesson on intersectionality, which basically they were shown these charts where in the middle it shows white, male, Christian, blah, 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 mm -hmm. cisgender in a place of privilege. And then you went out from the chart and it showed more oppression as you keep going out in the chart. So if you are a black female lesbian, you are in a, a horrible right. place of oppression. So it's basically counting your oppressions. And of course, like I said, the white male Christians left out. And I do think that there's an incentive, especially, and I this is a whole nother topic, but amongst mm -hmm. um, white kids to find a way to have an oppression so they can be included in it. Right. <laughs> okay, so now- I'm be left out. You, so I can right. have an oppression and be part of the oppression Olympics. Because mm -hmm. otherwise they're, which is so ridiculous. But yeah, they really do want to divide our nation. And I'm seeing the fruits of this, of what's right. happening since I've been speaking up. I can't even tell you how many times I've been called racial slurs the last two years by people in support of critical race theory and they're just calling me racial slurs which is crazy because it's like you guys you guys claim to be anti-racist but when someone speaks up against it you're calling them racial slurs but right. back to the founder kimberly crenshaw the point of critical race theory is to dismantle systems of white supremacy so that means take away capitalism take away they also learned about dominant ideologies and one of those included marriage they're even attacking wow. marriage as a system of the patriarch. Right. They are attacking capitalism as a system of the mm. patriarch. And it's, um, or even um, uh, two genders. Ge the gender binary is a system of the of white supremacy and the patriarch. I mean, and they're teaching this to our nation, to our children. And, 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 and the tax money is going towards this class, towards yes. this curriculum. And I mean, they're doing crazy stuff like this here in Illinois all across the country, but I mean, oh, yeah. you do live, you do live in California and that is really the place where it's the crazy of all crazy is yeah. unfortunately. Um, so now, so, so, so now what happens when you speak up, you're talking about how you got uh, oh. a lot of pushback, a lot of heat. Um, they called you, I'm sure a racist mm -hmm. um, because of, and now you, you, you obviously have a heritage. I forgot if you're Jamaican, is it Jamaican? Yeah, Jamaican and white. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Um, and, and so you're like, Hey, I mean, you know, look at me, I, I, I am biracial myself. So you speak out, tell us what happens. Yeah. You know, I think anyone who is speaking against this is being art will be called white supremacist, racist, no matter there's what, a, there's a particular, if you are a black and speaking against it, you get called a coon, a house N word, a Uncle Tom, right. a bed wench. I mean, it is it is really bad. And it's not just trolls online. It's the 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 school board president 
called those of us that spoke against critical race theory at the school board meeting, which included myself and a black parent, they called us anti-people of color. Yeah. And here I mean, we are, all we thing? want, I am not against the teaching of hard history. I think that we do have, I think that slavery was an abhorrent stain in our history. It really was. And there's still slavery today. There's more people enslaved today in our world than there was enslaved in the past in America, in the U.S. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that we need to apply guilt and oppression and victimhood onto our children because of this. I was just on a major daytime talk show this last week. Uh, two weeks ago, actually, a major, the biggest daytime talk show there is right now. And I can't mm -hmm. say exactly the name of it. I didn't know that I was going to be ambushed and it was going to be a whole audience against critical race theory and a critical mm -hmm. race theory professor that was going to be, I thought it was gonna be like a panel. And then here I am, they're just putting this little teacher who exposed lessons uh, against this. Look this. What God, how God is using you though. Yeah, it was insane. Think about it was it. intense. Yeah. But Three I have times. a feeling you did okay, though. I did I okay, feeling, yes. Three I have a feeling times, you did okay. Three times the professor stated he wants white kids to feel conviction so that they can change. Why do they need to feel conviction? What What did they do wrong? They didn't do anything wrong. And, and we don't know, know. We don't know if their parents or their ancestors or whoever they whoever was in their lineage. Most people came over after slavery. A lot of people have like my white side is is the original people that came to the U.S. are Swedish that came over during um, the Ellis Island time. You know, mm -hmm. the the great migration of people coming over, which slavery was already abolished at that point. And they want our children to feel guilt and shame because of the color of their skin, which is just so disgusting to me. Uh, and, and the fact that I'm being attacked because I don't want that on our nation's children is even more sad to show how low we've come as a society how low how how tolerant the intolerant tolerant yeah. tolerant right all they preach is tolerance and then of course if you just mention anything it's like you know you're a homophobic racist yeah. horrible person crazy crazy so now you end up you, you talk to the school board they kind of railroad you and you end up leaving yes. you said i'm done yeah, I resigned from the district. I resigned my beloved job. I mean, wow. it was it was a lot of I feel like our kids are our, our nation's children are being attacked on so many levels. Yeah. We had the lockdowns. We have all the gender identity stuff. We have the fact that our schools are failing them in just the basics. Our kids right. are performing at I think it's only 50% of the nation can even read at grade level um in, in our in the in the assessments that they've been giving our kids lately. And then they're forcing them to wear masks. They're they're um, putting right. all of the hyper race focused stuff on them. And then we need to remember that our children are not only being influenced by the teachers and the school counselors, but there's also, I told, I, I'm telling the parents right now that yes, there's kids that didn't like this class, but then there's kids that loved this class and ate mm -hmm. it up. And how are they gonna treat their classmates that aren't into this. Mm -hmm. They're going to treat them just like how they treated me. More division. Exactly. Right. They're going to treat your kids, the other kids at school that aren't that that, that have bought into all of this right. Marxist hyper race focused garbage. They're going to treat your child badly if they stand up against this. Sure they are. Which yeah. your kids should stand up against it, but it's so scary to to their so mob mentality. If you don't support Black Lives Matter, you hate black people or whatever they they're right. so uh, mob mentality right now. So I think that's the biggest danger right now is not just the teachers and the counselors, but the other kids that are being right. It's a culture of hate. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it really is. So it was a tough, it was tough for you to leave. Mm-hmm. You said, I'm gone. I'm going to move on. And you left teaching. Now you started something incredible. I want to talk about that in just a moment, but what can parents do um, kind of with this agenda? And then we'll get to, to, to what you started because it's a, sure. it's a great end to this story. Yeah. And it's um, a good transition on what parents can do as well. Yeah. <laughs> What, what can parents do? Um, we talk to moms all across the country. A lot of them are running for school board. A lot of them are speaking up at the schools. They're taking their kids out. They're, they're looking at alternatives, right? As moms, we have to look at alternatives because obviously there's a huge, big fail, big F here. Um, just some of your advice. I firmly believe that if you are in a blue state or a blue city, one of the best things you can do is leave the state. I know that is so hard to pick up and leave. I, yeah. I left a tenured teaching position and California teach, pays their teachers pretty well. I left a tenured teaching position, moved across the country, left my family behind. A lot of them are on the left. So it wasn't. So you hard. left California. Yeah. I left California. I'm in Florida now. Wow. And of I don't course. think I would have been able to open up my business or have the inspiration to do that if I didn't get out of that toxic environment. Yeah. I They're could see toxic that. Toxic environments. Mm-hmm. So to make the sacrifice to pull your kids if you're in a blue state and you have your kids in public schools, you're pretty much, your fight is going to be very, very difficult Yeah. because even if you get this stuff banned, which they probably won't because they're very, they're digging their heels in right. and they're getting more extreme because people are starting to rise up. You can't protect yourself, protect your child from individual teachers or their classmates. Right. So uh, I think that if you're in a blue state, the best thing you can do is homeschool your child or leave the state. The other option is to make sure that you are advocating for academic transparency. Mm -hmm. So that means that all of the lessons that are being taught to your child, all of the curriculum is on a public website for you to look over. I think it's a great step in the right direction, but I don't think a lot of people have time to look at it, but at least it keeps people accountable. They know that that parents are looking at these lessons. Right. And then school choice is a big one, but mainly... I, it's it's time we're at a time where it's a sinking ship yeah. they have because we are fighting against it and we're rising against it it's making them dig their heels in and go even more extreme with your with our kids especially in blue states and yeah. left-leaning states left-leaning school districts right so, uh, do what's best it's to tough me, it's, it's, but, it's a very tough decision yeah they're looking especially for the um the moms at work I mean there's a lot of challenges about homeschooling Yes. Um, that you have to get your household. You have, you know, or can you afford private or can you, you know, can but you people do people are a, doing it across. They the are league. doing it. Yeah. And, you know, I understand that there's some circumstances where it absolutely cannot happen. I think that if you pull your kid out, like let's say sixth, seventh grade, mm-hmm. where they can maybe go over to a friend's house or an aunt or an uncle that's at home. And right. They- plug into an online school, that's better because it really starts getting bad. I mean, it's trickling down into our elementary schools, pretty harsh, especially the gender identity stuff. Oh yeah. Right down to kindergarten. Yes. Right down to kindergarten. But I firmly believe your child is safer on a computer at home doing online school than being in these crazy, crazy indoctrination camps. (laughs) Well, and we do, we try to give moms all the tools so they can figure it out. You know, I, I know some moms have gone back to work yes. part-time so they can afford a private yes. um, school if they don't feel like they can homeschool. I mean, there's a lot of options. It's just, it's difficult, but geez, what can we, 
it's it's at six hours a day. Where are your children? What are they learning? And how are they being affected? So we do pray for the moms that are listening and trying to make these decisions on what to yes. do with education. But I do want to talk about what you went on to do. How cool is this? Because this is an opportunity for moms to check out your organization, your online school. So it's a fully accredited educational institute, right? Called Exodus Institute. Absolutely. Yeah. This is, you know, it's funny. I always had a dream of opening my own school. And then I said, oh, it come aside. on. Are you serious? Yeah. I set it aside because of, <laughs> I love because it. I got tenure and I was enjoying my job as a public school teacher, but now I realize that's not what God wanted for me. And he kind of had to push me out, like put me in a horrible situation. Literally. Right. push me out and like make the job so uncomfortable because I would have stayed teaching in public school. If I could rewind five years and just go back to what it was like five years ago, I probably would have just stayed indefinitely. Sure. And now here I am opening my own school with my husband, who's also a credentialed teacher. It's called Exodus Institute. It's a online, fully accredited K through 12 school. We are, we already have a hundred students. So we're about to hit a hundred, a hundred nice. students. We Congratulations. launched in May. We have two programs. So we have our fully accredited K through 12 program, which is for parents who want to pull their kids from public school, but don't necessarily want to do the teaching. Not everyone is built to teach their own children, all of right. the academics there. Of course, you're always a teacher to your child, but maybe you don't want to be the one to teach them uh, algebra. <laughs> right. Yeah, so no, that come, would scare me to death because yeah, exactly. I failed math. That was not my, that was not my strong suit. Exactly. So K through our, our K through 12 program, we also offer a la carte classes. So if a student is behind and they need to, especially for high schoolers, if they just need a few classes to get it done, our schools have guaranteed the K through 12 program. All of our, our um, teachers have vowed to not include any woke ideologies into their lessons. Wonderful. We offer a Christian and a non-Christian program because we do understand that some parents aren't Christian, but they want their child to be free from these woke, woke nonsense. Right, right, right. And then we also have a enrichment program, which is taught by myself and my husband, which is countering, directly countering all of these leftist narratives. So wow. that program comes with the full program or parents can get that separately if they already have a homeschool program but they want to add lessons and that's fifth through 12th grade that counter all of this hyper race focused stuff that our kids are getting and teaches uh, like for example I just did a lesson on the American dream and I, oh. I teach them how how attainable it is in I America and the goal of this of the enrichment program is not only do we need to make sure our kids are um, not being indoctrinated by the left, but they also need to be immunized from the left. Mm. They need to, because they are our future. They sure And are. they need to be able to be the ones to stand up against their kids that are being radicalized. You got to remember, like I said, right. they're radicalizing their children. So we need to make sure our kids are there to counter it. Be like, nope, right. this is why we don't do communism. Right. Like we have a whole, we're, the kids are going to, they can earn a they can earn a anti-commie certificate from our school where they learn about oh. North Korea. They learn about socialism. They learn about um, the just um, I have a whole lesson on Venezuela and what happened there and why it collapsed I because of this. their socialism. So it's, it's teaching kids how to counter yeah. this stuff because they also might get it in college as well. Right. Well, you know, one of our pillars is raising patriots, exactly, empowering moms, exactly. promoting liberty and raising patriotism. And we just released Restoring Patriotism, okay. a movement to restore patriotism in every home uh, that's exactly all across the goal America. Of our, of our yeah. enrichment program. 
So yes. I love it. I love yes. it. We'll make sure that we share um, all your information uh, on the website. So what is the website for so it's we can make sure? Think, thinkexodus.org. Thinkexodus.org. Wonderful. Yes. Well, I love what you're doing. Just one last question. You said that you were left-leaning before you became right-leaning. Is it a quick answer to that one? I know there's probably a, a big old story to this, but what made you quick. what made you wake up? I really was tired of seeing what happens is the left creates problems and yeah. then the solutions make them worse. They do that over and over and over again. They bring these, they create these problems and they propose these solutions and then they make it worse. We all know that the left or Democrats were behind a lot of the real systemic racism in this country from the past to now. And then their solutions are to do more racism in this country. Right. So I, I've noticed this past pattern as, as I was, as I was, you know, a young voter where I'm like, why am I voting for they're just making things worse. They create these problems and they make it worse. And then on top of that, after I left, I was kind of uh, apathetic. I didn't really participate. And then when I started speaking up against this stuff, the way I was treated kind of sealed the deal. Uh, I'm like, wow, here I am a force. Like I am really a strong force for whatever side I'm on. And you guys, instead of trying to get me to come back, you guys are treating me like trash. Wow, wow. I'm never, you guys have a lifelong enemy out of me now. <laughs> You have sealed the deal. Sealed so the you deal. Were, yeah, you were on a journey. You were just starting to put two and two together. And then you kind of went passive and just chilling out. And then you were like, wow, this yes. is coming right into my school. This is coming exactly. into my kids. Exactly. And when you speak up, boy, they just come after you with daggers, don't they? Yep. It's, it's unreal. Yes, they do. Wow. Well, interesting story. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for stepping up and let God use you in a powerful way. Amazing. And I, I love your prayer. You, um, what, I don't know what the title of that is, but look that up too. Carly does a great job on a prayer you video about CRT and um, her experience. So God bless. And, and again, I'll just, will encourage our moms to uh, stop by thinkexodus.org um, and check out the school and the resources that you have. So thanks so much. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, before we close, I'd like to remind all of you to visit our website at momsforamerica.us. Again, momsforamerica.us to check out all of our amazing resources, events, and programs. I love to just personally invite you to check out our signature program along with all of our other resources there. But the cottage meetings, that's, that, that's our, our showcase piece. These 12 lessons will inspire and educate you about America's amazing heritage so you can share those principles of liberty in your home and in your community, like we were just talking about with Kali. This program, along with many others on our website, will help you impact your family in a very powerful way. From parental rights to public policy, Moms for America has it all. Uh, while you're there on our website, I also wanna invite you to sign up for our weekly newsletter. So please sign up for that so we can connect with you and keep you updated on the issues. Um, and all the resources that we have every week. And you can engage with moms from all across the country. So please go ahead and do that. We say this every week. We believe that liberty begins at home with you, mama, in your home, and that moms are truly, truly the heartbeat of America. That's why this movement is so powerful. We believe that the moms are going to go ahead and save this country because so much is at stake. Uh, and we just, uh, us mama bears, we protect our children. And so um, 
That's why we're going to save this country. Like and subscribe. Uh, share this with your mama friends. Um, but before we go, I do want to talk with you really quickly about um, our Restoring Patriotism uh, initiative. Uh, so go ahead. I'm gonna, this is a little bit of a lead into this. We released this, um, this, this program, this initiative of uh, last month. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and play this. Uh, those of you are watching can watch it. Those that are listening will listen, but it is called restoring patriotism. And we really think that this is how we are going to save our children and restore patriotism one home at a time. Take a listen. Our greatest gift is our children. Our biggest blessing is our freedom. Our toughest battle right now is preserving America. Patriotism is under attack. The liberal culture has decided that America is no longer great, that celebrating our country is offensive, and being a patriot is no longer admirable or worthy. Well, we are changing that. We as mothers are flipping the script and restoring patriotism in our homes, our schools, and in our country. Moms for America is releasing a national campaign to restore patriotism, a movement to celebrate and honor our amazing country. We know that the future generations must carry the torch of freedom and defend the principles of liberty. That is why we are providing amazing resources to restore and renew a patriot heart. We are making it easy to turn your home red, white, and blue with Patriot Packs for your kids, American Heritage books, Liberty Trips for your family, and various mentorship programs for moms, kids, and families. Our children must know why we stand for the anthem, why we kneel and pray, why we pledge allegiance to our country, and what makes America exceptional. Moms, please join us as we change the culture and restore patriotism one home at a time. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. I hope that you enjoyed that video, that message. It's moms that are going to help restore patriotism. So uh, go ahead to our website and check out our whole Restoring Patriotism initiative, uh, our website there. So one thing I do want to mention, though, before we wrap up here, is that it's a special thank you to you. When you go to our website, momsamerica.us, and you check out Restoring Patriotism, and you take a look at that Patriot Pack, we're going to go ahead and give you that at a special. You'll get to be able to get the Patriot Pack for 25% off. Uh, all you have to do is put podcast in the code, the discount code, and you will get that for 25% off. So please join our Restoring Patriotism campaign. This is really how we're going to save the next generation, right? We've got to raise patriots. All right. Well, we will see you here back next week for another informative and exciting podcast uh, episode next week. And mom, let's, let's keep changing our world one home at a time. And I will see you soon. Thanks for joining us. 